It's All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. We're continuing our Off the Road series. Find it at hawaiipublicradio.org, on our HPR mobile app, and subscribe to the latest episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Today, it's John Oates of Hall & Oates, with their 2020 shows now rescheduled again to November 9th for the Mac and November 13th at the Blaze Dell Arena. But this weekend, John will be busy with his Oats Song Fest 7908. It's an all-star event streaming free Saturday on Nugs TV and their YouTube channel, giving folks the opportunity to support Feeding America, as John makes a very personal effort to help millions of Americans in crisis during the pandemic. A big aloha and mahalo, my brother. Welcome back. Yeah, Dave, it's, uh, it's becoming a kind of an annual thing, which is great. We've been trying to get back to Hawaii for so long now. So hopefully we're going to get there and make it happen in November. We're keeping our fingers crossed, and you've got a really inspiring story we're going to hear about in a moment. But first, where are you now, John, and is this where you've been since the pandemic started? Uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, we did make a trip out to Colorado this past summer, but that's that's it. We have not gone anywhere. Take us back and share the story of when it first started. Well, you know, it was really hard to uh, process the fact that um, nothing was going to happen. Daryl and I had done a warm-up show in Hershey, Pennsylvania on February 26th. Uh, then we did a big show at Madison Square Garden in New York for the uh, 38-city tour that was supposed to happen. And a week later, the rug got pulled out from under all of us. And to have this kind of amazing feeling a high of, of the band really playing great this great stage show and production that we put so much work into to have it all just disappear was really hard to process uh, so that being said you know um after about a month being home i i came to the realization that hey this is real this is my new reality and we ain't going nowhere um <laughs> and i unpacked my bags which i never really do because i've always got a kind of a travel bag ready to go and uh, that was a kind of a symbolic gesture of like, hey, settle in, dude, this is for the long haul. Now, I have not been home for a year in my entire professional life. So from 1972 until now, this is the first time. So it is definitely a whole new thing. We settled in. I began to write, fixed up my home studio. And that was the first step. And the second step was uh, a good friend of mine who actually spends a lot of time in Hawaii, uh, E.J. Forrester. And he also lives in Aspen, Colorado. And he directed a movie and he reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to uh, try to come up with a, a song for his movie. Oh, wow. And I thought, wow, this is something that never would have happened had I been on tour. Right. Ended up doing four songs for this new movie called Gringa. Little by little, uh, you know, went back in the studio for a couple of little projects and just tried to uh, embrace being uh, being home. It's impressive, my brother, really is. And uh, when you mentioned your uninterrupted decades on the road, made me think of all the heavy musical cats we've lost to the virus. And if that time has led to connections to any of them. Well, the, mo the one that's closest to me would be John Prime. First of all, we live very close to each other here in Nashville. A lot in common, a lot more than a lot of people would think. When John recorded his first album, his producer was Arif Martin. Daryl and I were recording our second album, and our producer was Arif Martin, at the Atlantic Studios in New York, where we recorded together at the same time. You know, we started our careers basically together with the same producer in the same studio. Wow. I was actually on the airplane with John on our way to L.A. I was doing another project and he was on his way to receive a honorary Grammy. And this was late January of 2020. And we were sitting directly across from each other on the airplane. We chatted a little bit. I broke out a car magazine 
And he said, hey, when you're done with that magazine, can I see it? And I was like, yeah, man, you into you into cars? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And we, we had a lot in common talking about cars and things like that. You know, just one of the one of America's treasures, you know, one of the great, great songwriters of all time. One of the coolest guys. And uh, that was the last time I saw him on the, on the airplane going out to California. Now, it was just a few months before uh, the crisis mm-hmm. began. Um, yeah. And talking about cats like that, who are legendary songwriters and singers, um, one of the ways that you've been moved by the crisis is taking place tomorrow. It's the uh, Oats Song Fest 7908. And uh, as you explain what this virtual event tomorrow is, John, also give a little bit of background on the whole Aspen Songwriters Festival that this is sort of named after and related to. Well, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um, the whole idea uh, for, for what we're doing right now started in 2013. My wife and I had, had moved to Nashville, but we were still spending a lot of time in Aspen, Colorado. When I got to Nashville, I got involved with Americana Music Association and a lot of the players. And we started doing some in the rounds at the world famous Bluebird Cafe. And I thought to myself, you know, Aspen, Colorado has never seen a show like this with songwriters in the round kind of telling their the backstory and things like that. So we put a show like that on for three years in Aspen. It was called the Aspen Songwriters Festival. We called it 7908 because that was the altitude of Aspen. Ah, and for listeners who've heard you on the show for years with us, they know about that festival and uh, also about your second home, I guess, there in Nashville where you've been spending time more recently. So this past summer, we went back to Aspen and ran into the mayor. He used to work for me as a roadie in my band, (laughs) believe it or not. He said to me, uh, hey, would you ever consider, uh, you know, reviving the Aspen Songwriters Festival? Because it was summertime, we thought, hey, maybe March of 21. And of course, as, as time went on, we realized that wasn't going to happen. And that's when my wife and I decided, let's see if we can get some musicians together and we'll do a virtual version and see what that happens. At the same time, you know, like all of us were, I'm sure, watching news constantly and getting barraged with all the negative stuff that was happening in the world. We had been contributing to feedingamerica.org, but then it took on epidemic proportions with one in eight families in America not being able to put food on the table and increasing daily unemployment. And then we said, maybe we can combine this concept of a virtual songwriting festival with feedingamerica.org. 98% of the money that they raise goes directly to national food banks. Then we reached out to a production team in New York who I had worked with back in the MTV days. My wife and I realized it was already bigger than we were able to handle. (laughs) And began to reach, go into our virtual Rolodex and call my friends. We started out by calling a few of the people that actually played in the original Aspen Songwriters Festival. Keb Moe, Sean Colvin, Matt Nathanson. I called Daryl. Daryl got, got involved. You say you reached out with your, your Rolodex. How do you do it? For folks listening, I think they would really dig here in a little bit of the behind the scenes. I called and text. Got a hold of Bob Weir. Got a hold of Jim James from My Morning Jacket. Reached out to Sarah Bareilles, Sammy Hagar. I mean, literally just texted and called people. And next thing you know, uh, the floodgates opened and everyone wanted to be involved. Dave Grohl, I reached out to Dave and he said he would do it. And Michael McDonald, uh, Darius Rucker, Jewel. uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's all about diversity. It's kind of like your own little Woodstock. It's food stock in a way. (laughs) And without giving everything away, give a little teaser as to how Daryl will be contributing to this musically. Daryl was one of the first people I reached out to, obviously. And, uh, you know, he immediately said yes. He asked me what he got in mind. And I said, look, man, 
Everyone knows us for our hits. I said, let's do something completely different. Why don't you do one of your great solo songs, man? Because I'm going to do kind of the same thing. He said, great idea. He said, I love it. And um, he, you know, he sat down at the piano right in his little studio and just played the song and sang it. In a way, it took me back to when I first met him. The feeling that I got when I was just sitting in the room with him and he'd just play a song on the piano kind of took me back to the earliest days of our relationship and our collaboration. That's great to draw the connection with Daryl all the way back to the beginning. And it sounds like from your description, it'll be pretty rewarding for the uh, longtime Hall & Oates fans who no doubt will be tuning in. In addition to that, I am debuting a, an electronic dance version of Maneater with, <laughs> with my co-host Sasquatch. And uh, that'll be in the show as well. That's some comedy right there. Now, have you played that for Brother Daryl yet to get a little reaction from him? No, no, he hasn't heard it. (laughs) So you're going to surprise him with it at the show. Oh, yeah. I love it. One final question I've been curious about. So during all of this, people who have heard John's previous appearances on the show know John loves animals and John's wife really loves them. And they had a a menagerie of, uh, what's that giant bird? It's not an ostrich. They were emus. We had about 11 of them at one time. (laughs) We don't have them anymore. When we started spending a lot of time in Nashville, we couldn't keep all the animals uh, in Colorado. So we adopted them out to homes. And they're they're actually all around the valley where we, we live in Colorado. So we can see them, actually. Um, a couple of them are in petting zoos. A couple of them are on private ranches. First guy in the off-the-road series who had 11 emus. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hope you had fun today doing this, John. It was great having you back on. Well, I appreciate it, Dave. You're always a good good uh, person to talk to. We've been doing these over 10 years together. That's amazing, isn't it? Well, good. I'm glad. It's nice to have good good uh, long-term relationships. Hopefully we can get you on right before the, uh, the November dates if they're going to go forward. You got it, man. Great to talk to you. Take care. Aloha, John. All the best.